If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. Welcome, Bravehearts. Uh, you're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about how to tell the story of your purpose-driven brand. If you'd like to connect with us at Bravehearts for Kids, it's braveheartsforkids.org and braveheartsradio.org, where you can find all the past episodes in the show links section. And you can also donate now if you like the work that we're doing and would like to help us continue this. Our guest today is Park Howell. He is the owner and founder of the Business of Story, uh, the author of Brand Bewitchery, and uh, if I remember right, uh, the um, the world's foremost, in, most industrious storyteller, the world's most industrious storyteller. That does that does that sound does that sound right, Park? There you there you go. And just to be clear, I didn't give myself that moniker. A client did, but when he did, I like I like that. that that's kind of the best way to do it, isn't it? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for for clarification, the mission specialist is uh, is is a moniker I gave myself, but it's it's not. Uh, it doesn't have to do with missions, like uh, you know, when we have a guest like uh, uh, from Water Mission, for example. You know, we we're talking about there. They have a they have a, a a purpose, and they have they actually have a uh, uh, a Christian mission that goes along with that. The mission specialist for me has to do more with NASA. And uh, the Brave Hearts for Kids organization that was started uh, back in uh, 2008 uh, was started by uh, Jeremy and Amy Jacobs, and their daughter was cured of brain cancer using a proton radiation technology that was developed at Fermilabs outside of uh, Batavia, uh, Illinois, which is very close to where uh, where we are in uh, Chicagoland. So I, I, I like the idea that we have um, a NASA connection, a Fermilabs nuclear uh, accelerator connection, and uh, of course with the with the brain surgery, that's a that's a pretty good crowd to run with. Um, I, I took the title mission specialist because I like the NASA connection, and and I tell people I don't fly the rockets. I just help make sure that the uh, that the mission gets accomplished, that the trip gets done. So I like okay. it, and it's a great vessel for your brand story because you get to infuse it with meaning. And now you've got a couple, three different pillars between the technology built out right by you, the brain surgery, and what went on to help cure that, and the NASA connection. It's a beautiful example of what you're looking for in a purpose-driven brand and having a story to back it up. You're not a guy just showing up making money doing something. You're actually driven by something, and it's driven by that origin story and how that comes together, and that's what we talk about in Business of Story and why I like your story in particular as the world's most industrious storyteller because I can see how it works for you. Yeah, and and that uh, you know having someone give you a title is yeah that's a good thing you know if you if you give yourself one that works I suppose that that works for me um, you know when we we met um, 
I'm going to go back a little bit and, and describe how you and I got put together for the show. Um, one, of, one of my uh, best friends in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, where I, I lived most of my life, uh, is, uh, is a fellow named Craig Larson. And uh, when I started the show, uh, the, uh, the uh, um, Bravehearts radio show, um, I invited Craig and his wife Shelly to be on the show, and, and they, they were on the show among the first guests I ever had on the show back in December. And then they connected me with, uh, uh, with um, uh, Craig's dad, uh, and, and he was on the show in March. And also with, uh, with the, I, I had made connection through LinkedIn with uh, Craig and Shelly's daughter, Paige. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, in, in the, in the conversation on LinkedIn, what, one of the things that I do is I've, I've asked people when I make the connection, I say, uh, would you like to have a phone conversation? You know, it's, we have thousands of connections, but they seem to lack depth. So I, would you like to have a, a conversation? I said, I said, my dad worked for your grandfather, uh, uh during his campaign for governor. And uh, in 1972, my dad got his start in politics in, in Valley City, North Dakota, working on uh, Frank Larson's uh, gubernatorial. That's uh, that you know that's a big word for campaign for governor. And uh, and and then you know so the rest is as they say history. You know and uh, uh, so we had a great time talking about all those things. And then um, and then pieces you you gotta you gotta get Park on the show because he's and then uh, um, at some time in between there. Uh, she made a post on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn, not a sponsor of Bravehearts Radio, but they probably should be. Uh, she made a post there about uh, something that you did called the ABT. And that's how we actually met in person was uh, your, your seminar, your workshop that you did on the ABT. And it, it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the ABT standing for and, but, and therefore, the most foundational narrative framework that you can use in any sort of communication. That's it. And so, we, yeah, we did that ABT in marketing workshop, working with my good friend, Dr. Randy Olson, who was actually the first person to introduce me to the ABT concept. Uh, and I have used it ever since, one of the most powerful little things you can do to tell your brand's story. Yeah, and you know, in confirming the uh, the, the um, uh, our engagement, I I sent a text to Paige and I said, you know, I'm really excited about having Park on the show. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but we haven't confirmed the uh, the engagement. Uh, therefore, I uh, wanted to touch base with you and make sure we're all good to go. And, There's uh, your ABT right there. Yeah, very simplified version of that. So, uh, but it's a it's a tremendous idea. It's a great concept for for communicating. Um, you know, when you talk about uh, a purpose driven story, um, I, I know you've you've mentioned to me before that uh, a lot of times people just uh, when they tell their story, they're talking telling and 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 and. Mm-hmm. Give you an example of that. So, we all live in this land of abundance, meaning that we all have massive uh, competition. Our customers can go to any number of people to solve their problems. We're not necessarily us, unless you're a mission specialist or you are a specialist in what you do. That's what they're going to seek you out. 
So you need to really think about how you're different and therefore and more distinctive than your competition. The end button therefore helps you kind of think along those lines and get it dialed in. It uses the story structure of setup, problem, resolution. The setup is the end. The problem is the but. Here's what we solve for. And the resolution is the therefore. Here's how we do it. So let me give you a typical example of how business people speak. And I'll be the subject on this one. Well, let me tell you my backstory, Brian. I've been in the advertising branding world for 35 years, and I've produced a whole bunch of TV commercials and radio commercials, and I've helped a lot of companies grow through mass advertising, and I've won a bunch of awards, and we've grown this really great company here in Phoenix, and we've been serving clients all around the world, and, 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 and. So how many have I lost you yet, and how many of your listeners, hopefully they haven't turned away yet? because I want to show you the difference. Yeah. So that's the way business people are, are taught to communicate. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 just boring people to death. That's act one. You only get one and. You want to set the stage, raise the stakes with that and, but then go right into act two with that big but. So let me tell it to you this way. Ryan, I've been in the advertising, branding, marketing world for 35 years And I've helped hundreds of purpose-driven brands grow through the influence of mass media. But they no longer own that influence because the masses have become the media through technology. They own your brand story. And it is so loud out there that chances are you are not connecting or even being heard. Therefore, I now consult, teach, coach, and speak on the power of primal storytelling to help you hack through the noise and hook the hearts of your customers to move them to action. And Set up problem yeah. resolution. Yeah. Set up, here's my background, here's my authority, here's who I've helped, but the whole world has changed in that amount of time and you are suffering from the same thing we're suffering from and that's competition, the cacophony of communication that we all compete in today. Therefore, I teach these primal narrative frameworks to help you hack through the noise and yeah. hook the hearts. Yeah, and that's, it, it, and that's it, what it is. It, it's fantastic. You know, and, and I'm thinking um, uh, one of the things that I, I wrote was something for, uh, I, I do a lot of work with nonprofit organizations. And one thing we found in working with nonprofit boards is, is that nonprofit organization volunteers and board members have a lot of good ideas. Yeah, to help their organizations and help the organizations fulfill their missions. But, but many of these ideas go undone. They're never acted on. That's why these organizations need the work that we do as uh, the mission specialist and uh, working through something we call the idea hierarchy uh, program to help them figure out what to, what to focus their attention on and get those things done and accomplish their missions. So your ABT comes down to there are many great nonprofit organizations out there and they have fantastic ideas mm-hmm. on how to help people, but there's very little action. They don't get activated. Therefore, you as a mission specialist help them lead them through this hierarchy of ideas framework so that they can find the most impactful things they can do right now to have, well, quote, unquote, the impact they want to make in the world. Yeah, right. And right and now, that's, you know, it's yeah. interesting that you, that, you, that you use the phrase right now because uh, in, in um, uh, 
uh, at the end of May, I, I decided uh, I'm going to have a theme for the month. So for June, we had a, a theme for the month for the uh, Bravehearts radio shows. What can I do right now to help? Uh, there's a lot, you know, pl plenty of things that need attention in the world. Uh, and, and it, it, it's just an ABT is just driving into my mind. It's like, you know, the world is, the, is, is in the best situation we've ever been. But many people don't experience that. Therefore, we need to uh, create a, 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 a situation where more people can experience the abundance that, uh, that, is, that, is, uh, that is really there. You know, That's another really good example of an ABT and one that uh, I would thought you were going to go somewhere else, but say, here's one that's like in my life, but works with your right now thing. And we're all experiencing this, by the way, yeah. is I was so looking forward. We were all so looking forward to the promise the year 2020 held and what was in store for us in the coming decade. Mm -hmm. But... COVID infected the world. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we are now trying to understand how to operate in this new normal. And it's more important than ever to start acting now versus being paralyzed by the pandemic. And, you know, and, and when, when you talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the reality of what you just described, that's, that's part of the, what can I do now? What can I do right now? Because I, I work with uh, people in the National Speakers Association and, uh, you know, so many friends that, uh, that uh, make a living doing keynotes and trainings and things like that. That just isn't, you do a lot of keynoting, right? Or, uh, mm -hmm. and, and so th that's the kind of thing that uh, it's just not the same doing it online. But a lot of the training is being done online now. And a lot of it, I think, is not going to go back to the way we did it before. Yeah, I hear it both ways. I was just listening to a webinar by Drew McClellan, who heads up the Agency Management Institute, and he works with member ad agencies and PR firms and whatever. He's doing a virtual summit right now, today and tomorrow, and he did the kickoff presentation. And he said two things that kind of contradict what you just said there, because I'm with you. At first, I'm thinking it's not, it's going to change appreciably. He came back and said, guard against that sort of thinking. It's going to change somewhat is what he thinks, that he thinks some people are still going to want to work from home and you're going to make those allowances, but others want to come to the office. And in other cases, you want them in the office because they're very talented, but they're not productive at home. And so what may really change is not so much the distance, but how you manage who um, works from where to make it work for you all. Now, the one thing I think with you, what's going to change hugely is travel. I, don't, I just think businesses are like, well, we can meet with our customer over Zoom. We can do webinars over Zoom. I just think travel is going to be appreciably curtailed for many years to come and maybe even be that you don't even get a beverage on there anymore. Right. They don't even want to deal with food distribution. You might get a bottle of water when you enter the plane, and that may be all you get. And that could yeah. be that new abnormal for the travel industry. Who knows? But yeah. it's an exciting time to be alive, certainly, because you have no idea what's going to happen next. That's right. Well, I know what's going to happen next. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to, uh, we're going to we're, we'll be right back. Uh, right now. Uh, yeah, right now. And uh, uh, with, uh, with Park Howell, the owner, founder, business of Story, and the author of Brand Bewitchery on Bravehearts Radio. Stick with us. We will be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Be right back. 
Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Brave Hearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. And I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about how to tell the story of your purpose-driven brand with Park Howell. He's the owner and founder of The Business of Story, the author of Brand Bewitchery, you can connect with him at businessofstory.com uh, or email park at park at businessofstory.com. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it's great to be right back with you, Park. Uh, and, I, you know, this idea of doing what you can right now, it's, I, think it's, I think it's an important thing to, um, uh, to uh, present. Uh, people are so impatient and you, you mentioned, you know, alluded to in the in the first segment about how there's so much noise in the in in uh, in presenting stories and so much uh, in in in, um, in the social media. And I mentioned that you know one of the things I do is I make a connection with people and hey, let's have a phone call. Let's let's do some of this old school kind of stuff to connect. Uh, and, and I have heard that uh, that the the uh, the next level in social media is is storytelling. Um, yeah, I really think it is. I mean, my experience. I started really studying it and applying it back in two thousand and six. At that time, I had run my ad agency for just over eleven years, and we had had a lot of success. But I could see that the old way of branding and the old way we were communicating and creating commercials just wasn't working. It wasn't moving the needle like it did before. And I went in search of why. Well, I had a pretty good idea why. And that was technology, the interwebs, e-commerce was really coming on. Social media was really starting to take off. Again, this is 14 years ago. And it was completely changing the paradigm on how you communicated as a business. And even more so now, how you communicate to your employees and your vendors and your stakeholders. 
So I went in search for an answer. What do we do? Because it's not working like we used to know it did. I was fortunate our middle son, our child Parker, our middle child who happened to be a son, Parker, uh, went to film school at Chapman University in Orange, California, 2006, graduated 2010, and he's been in Hollywood ever since. He directs a lot of virtual reality, motion design films, that kind of thing. And Brian, I said to him when he was going to school, I said, you know, send me your books when you're done with them, since I'm paying for them, because I would like to know what does Hollywood know about communication and storytelling that a guy like me in the advertising marketing business world could use to, as I say, hack through the noise and hook the hearts of our customers. And so he did just that. And he sent me recordings of lectures and videos. And it was amazing. It was like I had a virtual film course right alongside my son as he went through there for four years. That's when I learned about Joseph Campbell, mythology, the hero's journey, how that particular story framework has showed up in Hollywood for decades in Hollywood didn't even know they were using it because it was just so entrenched, <clears throat> excuse me, entrenched in who we are. And I simply took that because I saw the power of it in brand story strategy and reduced it down, mapped it to business and created what I call the story cycle system. I launched it in 2010 as a science project to see if this would really work. And it worked beyond my wildest imagination. The very first client we used it on Clinica Adelante Community Health Center, who is now Adelante Healthcare, over the past eight years since they launched their brand story using this system, has grown by 600%. And the CEO of Vincente Tafoya will tell you it's because they had an absolute crystal clear brand story that focused their vision, that gave them direction on their mission, and the rest is history. They All they had to do was enact it. That's, so that's when I was like, Oh my God, Brian, I'm onto something here. I have no idea. It was almost like I, I, I opened up a magic box and I just then dove in to really understand why does this work on us? So everything from brain, brain science to the frameworks, again, you see in music in Hollywood, uh, right down to how the, the, the influencers and persuaders use presentation technique, and you see these same forms coming over and over again. And so now I just teach people to move from being an intuitive storyteller, which all of us are, us homo sapiens, we are storytelling apes, to become intentional storytellers using these frameworks that I share in my book, Grand Bewitchery, so that you can go out and grow your business. The intuitive storyteller would be more along the lines of, of uh, I do this and, 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 and. Well, and, no, we, we are storytelling beings. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what separates us from all other uh, all other, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? Organisms of any mm -hmm. kind. We think and act in story quite often in fiction. Tomorrow, Brian, I'm going to do this and I want you to do this. And if you buy into this, then we're going to be able to do that. Total and utter complete fiction mm -hmm. until we actually make it happen. Yeah. So you and I and all of our customers, all homo sapiens are suckers for fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about it. a dollar bill is worthless. You can't eat it. You can't wear it unless you have a whole bunch of them and you make clothes out of it. Mm -hmm. It in and of itself is an absolute meaningless piece of paper. But we have infused it with a fictional story that we all believe that it's worth something. Yeah. And if we didn't have that belief, then it would be worth nothing and it'd be 
utter chaos. Anything from religion to politics to corporations. You yeah. know, corporations, yeah. they, they are a legal entity that are given human rights, but they're not human. There's nothing about them that are human. Yeah. But we all believe that fiction, fictional story and buy into it. So that's why I'm like, use this to your benefit in business. Tell true stories about the real world impact you make so that you can get people to buy into a better tomorrow with you. And then by all means, you have to deliver on that better tomorrow and turn that fictional story into fact. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've, I've heard too that, um, that when, I, when I tell stories as a speaker, um, I, the, some of the feedback that I've gotten is you got to make these stories your own. Make, tell stories about you, and even if they're not as good uh, or as compelling a story, but if you tell it about a real story about yourself, that that's more effective. Is that, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it really is. Um, give you an example. I was sitting up in Seattle where my mom and dad's home in the north end of the Seattle area there. They call it the Happy H, 12 acres that I grew up on with my six siblings. And my dad was sitting there four years ago. He has since passed away from Alzheimer's, but lived just a wonderful life into his early 90s. And he was asking me at the time, he goes, what, is, what do you mean storytelling in business? I just don't quite understand. So well, let me give you an example. I pointed out the window. We were having lunch with my mom. And there was this, we built these fences, these cedar fences up there when we first moved into the Happy H in 1968. So between 69, 70, 71, we, us boys, were in charge of, of putting in the cedar fence. And I said, Dad, I don't know if you remember this or not, but one Wednesday afternoon after school, I was out there actually digging the fence post for that very post right there, the hole for it. And it was a drizzly day and I was kind of whining. I'm like, you know, thinking I just got back from school. I should be having fun. Why do I have to do this work? You drove in, Dad, and got out of your car. He was a civil engineer from North Dakota. He is mm-hmm. where he raised the Depression era in Sheldon, North Dakota, and always taught us work ethic. He got out, had his big smile on his face, as he always did, as that crazy Norwegian Viking he was, came over and said, hi, Park, how you doing? And was kind of mumbling and grumbling that I had to do this work. And he looked at me and he only said one thing, Brian. He said, pick up that shovel or someone else will. And then he turned around and walked off. Again, his depression era thing of like, if you don't outwork everybody else, they're going to come in and outwork you. And so I recalled, recounted that story to him. Of course, he didn't remember it. He's like, no, I just, you know, but, but you know how kids, they remember stuff. We have such, our parents have such impact and we have impact on our kids. We don't even know it. So I said, so dad, I share that story with people, with clients and prospects when they are like wondering about my work ethic and who is this guy I'm really thinking about buying. It even plays to the world's most industrious storyteller because all I have to do is tell them that story and said, I've lived by that. I remember that all the time when I start feeling like I want to get lazy or cut a corner or not show up today like I really should be showing up. I remember my dad saying, Park, pick up that shovel or someone else will. Yeah. Turn around walking off. So I tell that story. It's much more powerful. I can sit here and say, Brian, I'm the world's most industrious storyteller. People go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But until I prove it, until I demonstrate it, first from maybe what happened to me as a kid that has informed who I am today to telling stories about brands I've helped grow by as much as 600% by putting story to work for them or leadership, helping leaders develop their skills. 
it is an industriousness that story ignites in people and it helps you move. I, you know, talk about you clarify your story. It amplifies your impact to have that bigger impact, be more industrious. And it actually simplifies your life because yeah. you say no to all those things that have been derailing you and yes to those things that are in honor of your mission. You know, if, if there's anything that, uh, that, that could be a benefit to the, uh, to the people that I work with in the nonprofit organizations, it's being able to simplify things down to what is going to work, what is actually, what is actually beneficial. Rather, so the clarity that, that you talk about and amplifying that clarity so that it creates simplicity, that, that's a, that sounds like a tremendous formula. Yeah. Well, I've taught this at Arizona State University for five years. They brought me in. I created a curriculum around storytelling in their school of sustainability. And I worked with executives from around the world in an executive master's program as their communications teacher, as I say, their professor of storytelling. And one thing I learned from them, and I taught them my three different frameworks, the and button, therefore, that we talked about earlier when they started applying that same concept to their email writing, they would come back to me and I did not anticipate this, but it was great when I started hearing it and like, wow, there's a whole added value I hadn't considered. They told me, when I sit down to write an email to a, a colleague or a business email, I first stop and think, what is my ABT? What is the problem I'm solving for in this communication? Then I write it and I find now that I write three times as less copy than I had to write before. So I get to do it faster. Number two, I've actually had my reader say, I don't know what you're doing, but I now finally understand what you want or what you need. So clarifying your story, amplify your impact. And by the way, you're simplifying everybody's life, not only your life in writing that email that now has gone from 300 words to maybe 30 to simplifying your reader's life to make that connection as crystal clear as possible and everybody wins. And all you're doing is using this problem solution dynamic of three-act structure of setup and it's important because of this, but here's our problem. Therefore, I need you to do this. And, and you can and do the, that in one to two sentences. And, and that's so valuable now, particularly because, uh, you know, I, I do a, a column for LinkedIn now and um, it's uh, – it's about 300 words a week. I had a couple of mentors say, you know, you got to be, you got to write something every week. You got to just get it out there uh, and, and start telling this story. And, and um, uh, so I've been writing a column. It's about 300 words a week. And I see that when it's posted, it says two minute read. And I, I know that uh, we, we have this, oh my God, that's more than 90 seconds. I can't, I don't, people just don't have the patience yeah, or uh, for for scrolling through things like uh, like their their social feeds and taking in something that's 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 uh, that that they deem to be too long. So if you can if you can simplify it, man, that's really got an impact. Yeah, uh, it it really does, and it's something that I had did not learn in my own branding world until I created the story cycle system to create brand story strategy. And then all of that work I did that I mentioned where I kind of opened that Pandora's box, that magic box of the force of story where I went to understand how it works and why it works so that we can apply it. I I tell people, you have to understand the magic if you're going to cast the spell. That's why I teach them the applied science and be witchery of storytelling, right? Yeah, And that's where I found... 
Dr. Dr. Randy Olson and the ABT is just one example of some really marvelous communicators and storytellers out there that I've just used what they know and have applied it and brought it together and connected the dots for my readers, for my viewers, for my listeners. Yeah, that's uh, well. We're going to go to a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some of the some of the other things that we're that you're working on uh, the, uh, the 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 primal elements and uh, mm-hmm. get in some detail uh, about Andre in Canada. Uh, oh yeah. We'll come back from uh, from the break here on uh, Brave Hearts Radio. I guess Park Howell, the owner and founder of Business of Story. Uh, stick with us. We will be right back on the other side of sixty seconds. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about how to tell the story of your purpose-driven brand. Park Howell. Park is the owner and founder of the Business of Story. Uh, you can connect with him at uh, park at businessofstory.com, the website businessofstory.com. Uh, you know, when, he, when, you, when you mentioned uh, uh, 600% return, uh, I, I, I thought in the last segment, I think, you know, a lot of people, they don't remember numbers, but that's one that kind of sticks with you. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of uh, impact that, uh, you know, telling your story with clarity and amplifying it for simplicity is, uh, is, uh, is capable of doing. So I uh, wanted to say, uh, say hi to the National Day Calendar people, uh, Marlo and Alice in Mandan, North Dakota, nationaldaycalendar.com, one of our great sponsors of the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. Uh, today, the 24th of August, we have Maryland Day, Peach Pie Day, and Waffle Day. And, uh, it, you know, it's a... Uh, uh, it sounds sounds like uh, you know if you're if you're uh, 
Uh, in Mar- maybe if you're in Maryland, you can have uh, a waffle and uh, peach pie for dessert, huh? That, and that's all today, Maryland waffle. Maryland, yeah, the state of so, Maryland. Yep, yeah, and then peach pie day and waffle day. So I would like to meet the lobbying group or groups that own each one of those clients. So someone must have lobbied to get Maryland. Someone, the the Waffle Group, I think, would be a really interesting lobbying group. Mm -hmm. Their whole job, hi, honey, I'm off to the office again today. Oh, Ralph, what do you got going today? Well, we have a syrup boycott happening because of the closed Canadian border, and that's just not going to fly with the waffle, Waffle folks. So I need to get up there and do that. And then on his way to work, he runs into the peach pie, his buddy Chip, the peach pie lobbyist. And what does the peach pie lobbyist do? He lobs a peach pie in the waffle lobbyist face. I can just see it all coming down. We got a whole shtick here, Brian. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know I, I, I know there was something that we, uh, we found that, um, I'm, gonna just, I'm gonna just roll with it this way. Um, people love to go to baseball games and they love to eat um, chicken and waffles, <laughs> but they, there never was a combination uh, where, where you could do that. That's why, uh, recently, I went to a baseball game and saw that they had a, a waffle cone with uh, chicken nuggets and maple syrup. <laughs> and you know why that is? Because the chicken lobby got involved with the National Waffle Day and said, we can't have this because now we have waffles, you syruping. See what I did there? The yep. chicken, and we need to somehow combine these two. So they put together a pact and they pulled them together, and I'm sure it's not going to be very long down the road, Brian, that we have a chicken and waffle national holiday. And you know what I could see is having a waffle cone with peach pie filling. I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I, I just see that. I see that even happening maybe today. After the chicken dinner. Yeah. <laughs> in Maryland. Yeah. All right. So uh, about, uh, let's see, it would be 30, 30, uh, 30 years ago this year. Uh, my son Matt was five years old, and I was asked to give the eulogy at a funeral in Steele, North Dakota, about uh, 40 miles east of Bismarck. And I, I thought, well, it's a good time for Matt to learn a little bit about about funerals and death and and, and dying. And and I took him along. <clears throat> when we got to the church uh, in the vestibule of the church, there was a a lobby, uh, or the, in the best way, there was a, a magazine rack and uh, pamphlets on the rack. And I picked up a pamphlet and uh, put a quarter in the little tin box that was sitting there. And the minister came and he told us what our procedure would be for the service. And we had the service and he gave the eulogy. And afterwards, the minister said that because we came from out of town, it was their parish's uh, tradition to uh, help defray our travel costs. So we went back to the vestibule and he opened up the tin box and he poured out the contents into my hand and outrolled a single quarter. You are a quarter. <laughs> to which my five-year-old son remarked, you know, Papa, if you had put more into it, you'd have gotten more out of it. <laughs> as, as one of those stories, I tell that like it's a true story. I don't, I don't remember that happening. In fact, I sort of remember my dad telling that as a story, you know, way back. You know, so um, that, that has that, an awesome moral to it, though. It does. It's a, you put more into it, you've gotten more out of it. And it's, it's one of those things that when the child says it, it's like, oh, my gosh, isn't that cute? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But you used the five primal elements of story there, didn't you? And that's the next thing. You know, we talked about the and button, therefore, that helps you really focus the theme of a message or a presentation or your brand story. But now you've got to back that theme up with real world activities. I did that, used the five primal when I was telling you about digging my fence post up in Seattle. And I was, you know, it was roughly late 1960s, early 70s. I think I was about 12 years old. There's a time stamp on it, a location stamp, a central character, me in telling this story, but it was also being, you know, my dad was a part of that. Action, digging the fence post and what's going on. And then that surprise that like, here I am whining. That's not a big surprise, but my dad's response to that that uh, pick up that shovel or someone else will, which delivers the moral of the story or the business point. Mm-hmm. So, so powerful. Now let's dissect yours. So you just told this really great story. So what was the timestamp in yours? It was uh, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Perfect. And why that works, I've learned, is our brain, our limbic system, our, our subconscious, we are built on stories. So how did we survive the savannah? You know, we would tell Thog where I saw the saber-toothed tiger just the other day. And, oh, by the way, it could be there tomorrow, thinking in fiction. And so, therefore, I don't want to be there. But you've got to start with a timestamp because it hooks that limbic system that says, oh, Brian's about ready to tell me something because he's taken me to a point in time that's a moment Mm -hmm. that something must have happened. Every story is about moment. And you know where the word moment comes from? From the Latin word for momentum. Motion. Stories have motion, but it's always about a moment. So you took us 30 years ago. Um, who's the central character in this? Uh, you know, I suppose it could be me or it could be my son, Matt. It probably my son. Yeah, but he's the one that told you if you put more in, you get more out. Yeah. 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 So you really are the central character. He happens to be coming along to deliver that that you know That's from the right. from the mouth of babes. He's yeah. going to deliver that universal truth. So where did it where did it happen? In Steele, North Dakota. Steele, North Dakota, in a church. And so yep. you gave us a really good you know uh, visceral, vivid view of what was going on. We could all relate to the vestibule of the church in the magazine rack. Yeah. And why you were there, there's a reason you were there. You were at this funeral and you were giving the eulogy and then you had the action. You went back and the surprise is what? The, the, the single quarter and in, uh, in, in the response from the child. And it's funny, it's, yeah, the surprise of what? Just a single quarter, uh, you get out what you put in, Pops. Yeah. A universal truth is delivered. Everyone can appreciate it. But if you just sat in front of a crowd or across from a prospect and just said, you know, it's really all about you, you get out what you put in. Everyone's heard that a million times. It's an opinion. It's an assertion. It's a fact, but who cares? But when you deliver that and sneak that little morsel up on someone through the power of a true story that you experienced, well told, very quickly, you own the room. People immediately. Now, I use that story about me in the post hole digging for a, a, a fundraiser breakfast I was doing here for uh, Goodwill of Central Arizona. Mm-hmm. It was their annual fundraising breakfast, and they wanted me to give the ask, the final keynote and then the ask and I started with that story and I could see people in the audience like going where in the hell is he going with this you know I I don't know what this has to do because I know he's going to ask me for money but what the hell's going on here 
And I ended that, you know, I said, my dad said, you pick up that shell where someone else will. I said to them, now we need you to pick up that pen or no one else will and play it off of that. And you know what? We doubled their goal in fundraising. It's, I talk about, I share that story in my book, Grampy Witchery, but it's the power of a little anecdote. Even the client was sitting there like, where the hell is Park going with this? Yeah. I don't get it, yeah. but I'm just connecting these two worlds. I'm in a familiar situation. They know what's coming next. They absolutely know what's coming next. So I threw a novel approach into it to keep that homo sapien brain interested. Yeah. And then a story that begs the question, where the hell is he going with this? And then boom. You deliver that that ask. You deliver that moral of the story, and it works marvelously. And, you know, I I remember uh, as a sales manager coming out of a uh, a sales situation, and they um, uh, the, the I, I told the the sales rep you did a really nice job with the presentation. He said, "What what do you think you could have done better?" I, I, I don't know. Just he just couldn't couldn't tell me what he thought. I said, "You never asked for the sale." And that's in the, that, that, that's, it seems to me that's kind of in the therefore. It totally is. And it's not unusual, I've learned, that people are afraid, even salespeople, mm -hmm. to ask their audience to do something, that call to action. I found that, I learned that with my students at ASU. And again, these were very accomplished executives. They'd been around the block a time or two or three, and now they're coming back for their master's focused on sustainability. And they would give these great presentations and then just end them. And I go, well, what do you want me to do with this? And then that's when I had an aha moment, Brian. I'm like, oh, I have to coach them and implore in them that there's a CTA. There's a call to action at the end of every one of your stories. So this is what I do for your listeners too. The next time you are in a sales presentation or sitting across from something, you've got an agenda. You want them to do something. So before you even begin crafting your communication or your story, I want you to ask yourself these three questions. When I am done with this presentation or story or gathering, what do I want my audience to think, feel, and do? Think, feel, and do. And I find that's the order. I just want them to think, oh, there's an opportunity here. Or, boy, this wasn't a waste of time. Or, I really like this guy yeah. or gal. I, I'm really glad I took this. I want them to think to overcome some sort of emotion that they've got going. Feel. What is that? What is that emotion? Well, maybe they were trepidatious. Maybe they were fearful. Maybe they were bored and you want to move them to another place. Inspired. You want to maybe build an urgency into them. What do you want them to feel? And then the most important thing, what do you want them to do? What are you going to ask? I want you to sign this. I want you to join me in this calling. I need you to call so-and-so. It's the only way that you hook them and bring them now into your story, the story you just shared with them, and make them an active participant in it. And, you know, that doing is, uh, is, is, is so important. Um, something else I remember uh, hearing you say, it's not what you make, but what you make happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to get to that. Uh, we we are going to have a, a quick break and uh, come back with that. And uh, and I think that's a that might be a nice segue into uh, Andre's story too. So uh, absolutely, let's uh, let's come come back to that on uh, Bravehearts Radio with Park Howell. In uh, the other side of sixty seconds, we'll be right back.
Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reingold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome, Bravehearts. Welcome back. We're, you're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about how to tell the story of your purpose-driven brand with Park Howell. He's the owner and founder of the Business of Story, the author of Brand Bewitchery. You can uh, connect with Park uh, through the website businessofstory.com or uh, email him at Park. He's uh, park at businessofstory.com. You can connect with me at uh, LinkedIn or mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. You know, going into the last break, we talked uh, just uh, very briefly about, you know, it's not what you make, it's what you make happen. And uh, I know your your story, you mentioned this during the ABT seminar uh, about Andre. Yeah. That's a great story. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because the major paradigm shift that happens when you start thinking in story around your brand or your business, it does two things for you. You begin to realize that you are not the center of your story. You and your business, your brand are not the center of your brand story. Your customers are. You have to place them squarely at the center. They are the hero on a journey, the protagonist in a movie, and you actually play the more important role of mentor or guide, the Obi-Wan Kenobi to Luke Skywalker or Glinda Goodwitch of the North to Dorothy. Mm -hmm. That's what your brand does. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is people, brands, companies are stuck in thinking how marvelous and wonderful their widget is, their service is. But we live in a land of abundance. And the thing is, your customer can buy what you have to sell from an assortment of people, myriad of different people. So you essentially are a commodity unless you tell a more powerful story that demonstrates how you are different and distinctive from your competition so that that homo sapien brain can categorize you as the expert, the authority, the go-to source. 
And that's when you tell stories, as you had said, it's not about what you make, but what you make happen in people's lives. That's your story. An example of it is Red Bull. Red Bull makes a crappy tasting energy drink filled with taurine and caffeine to give you the jitters for five hours. But what they make happen is they give you wings. That's their, been their UVP. You know, yeah, we're gonna, you're going to blast off with this. So you had mentioned Andre. Andre Martin Hobbs is a really fascinating guy, a Canadian out of Quebec. He's got a terrific company up there called Prate Auto Partez. That's really bastardized French coming out of me, but what that means is ready car go. I met Andre four years ago after speaking at Social Media Marketing World, actually now five years ago now, I guess. He came up to me after I did my big marketing uh, storytelling session and he said, Park, I'm Andre. I'd like to talk to you about helping me with my brand story. Um, I'd be back in Quebec. He had this wonderful French accent. And I said, oh, what kind of work are you in? And he goes, well, we are used car dealership selling to at-risk buyers, buyers that have rotten to no credit. And I'm thinking to myself, Brian, this isn't really my type of client. <laughs> I'm in to help purpose-driven brands. I'm not into what I judged as a car shark that is going to sell an overpriced clunker to someone who can't afford it but is desperate that can make the payments for three months only to get it towed in month four and the process starts all over again. My bad, I was ju judging Andre by a story I was totally telling myself totally fabricated because of what we've seen in that particular industry. About three weeks later, Andre calls up, follows up, and we got, get to chatting. And then I learn what his brand is really about. So he sells used cars to at-risk credit-strapped buyers, people that have lost everything, that have been riding the bus for years. Um, but he pointed out to me, it's of no fault of their own. Maybe the global recession took him out. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was health got hit, a loss of a job. The universe conspired against them. And maybe they made some bad decisions in the process too. That's certainly a part of the equation. He goes, but these are good people. And they want the freedom of having their own car again, that they don't have to rely on that bus. So they come to us for that freedom. But when they show up, we don't sell them a car. And I go, well, what do you do? He says they first and foremost have to go to a, through a two to three hour financial planning seminar with one of their financial planning specialists. They have to give them, you know, open up their kimono, show them what their finances are, where they're making their money, what are their current bills, what's their rent payment. Then and only then they determine what kind of car they can actually afford. So even though they were coming in for that F-250 Ford, they may be leaving in a Yugo because that's all they can afford. Andre's whole mission in Canada is to help those people, those buyers repair their credit in two years by making that payment every single month without missing it. And so he doesn't even hire car salesmen. He hires financial planners, people that actually care about people and helping them repair their credit. They don't even sell cars. He goes, we come in and we just show them, here's the, the only car you can have here because it's the only thing you can afford. We'll be happy to put you into it. So, in working through his whole brand story, we arrived at his unique value proposition of Pret Auto Partez is your vehicle to financial freedom. So, what they make are used cars available to cash-strapped, at-risk buyers. 
But what they make happen is repairing Canadians' credit so that they can have that financial freedom in their life and also the freedom of having their own automobile. Well, I had Andre on my podcast on the show, and he said they have grown now, inching up to over uh, four times growth. He was expecting about two times growth, four times growth, opening up their fourth dealership up there. He is now the number one car, auto uh, used car salesman, sales group dealership in Quebec, and he is now looking at licensing and expanding this program outside of that into the U.S., And he says, my brand's story, that one focus about focusing on our customers, placing them at the center of the story, Great Auto Partez being their guide or mentor to help them get the freedom they're looking for, they asked for a car, we're giving them financial freedom while providing them with that vehicle. And I think that is one of the best examples of that's what brand storytelling does for you. That's a, that's a wonderful story. I remember, you know, I mentioned uh, before about being a salesman, salesman, sales rep, and sales manager, walking into a, a, a prospect's office and two guys in suits. And uh, I, 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 would, uh, I would, on the way in, I'd say, now, now look, they're going to see two guys in suits walking in. And the question going through the head is going to be, oh, my God, are, they, are these two guys here to sell me something or can they help solve a problem for me? And so that's that's where uh, you know the uh, the the, uh, the the difference is uh, in um, in, in uh, you know making things happen. I suppose is well, solving the problem. Well, and because we are storytelling animals, we all have these anti stories that we make up, stereotypes and that sort of thing. And some of them are very true. Um, that that the only way you're going to overcome them is with a better story. And a brand has to understand that. They have to know their customer. They have to know the anti-stories the customer is telling them about themselves, about their brand, about the industry they're operating in, so that they can prove their worth and create the trust through a true story well told. Because in all of this, what I've learned, and again, I've got it in the book here, is that stories deliver the truth that create the trust. Whether or not you like that truth, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But as long as you're truthful, you are going to build and create that trust. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the book is uh, Brand Bewitchery. Brand Bewitchery, How to Wield the Story Cycle System to Craft Spellbinding Stories for Your Brand. By Park Howell. And the, uh, the, the podcast is... Uh, it's a business, a story. You can find it in iTunes and Stitcher. You just search it. And it's five years old. I am now ranked among the top 10% of downloaded podcasts in the world. And every Monday, I bring you a new story artist from literally around the world to help leaders of purpose-driven brands understand how to craft and tell compelling stories that sell. Well, thanks for being with us on Bravehearts Radio. It's, uh, you know, every time I talk with you, the hour goes faster and faster each time, you know. So uh, uh, we've been uh, talking about the business of story and how to tell your purpose driven story with Park Howell uh, from The Business of Story uh, here on the Variety Channel on Bravehearts Radio. Um, Remember to check out our BraveheartsForKids.org and please consider donating now. If you are interested in uh, any of our mission building workshops and retreats, you can email me at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org and plan to join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can work out the, uh, the time zones and where you live uh, from there. So uh, next week we'll be talking about the, the end of our first year 
uh, of uh, Brave Hearts Radio. And Park, you mentioned that you've uh, been at it five with your podcast. Uh, next week uh, finishes the uh, the first year for me on uh, Brave Hearts Radio. Congratulations uh, to that, Brian. It takes a lot of work. It it does. It's uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. I had three goals going into this. Uh, uh, have fun, be grateful, and get good at it. And uh, I'm the only one that gets to give myself a report card, so I'll be doing that next week. <laughs> give yourself a raise while you're at it. There, Yeah, there we go. Uh, remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere, and we'll see you next week. Until then, be well and stay well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Bravehearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.